Well, so wonderful to see everyone here this morning, and it's just such a joy to come together and to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, if you are new, we just want to welcome you one more time to our church. Uh, we're so glad that you came and worship, came to worship with us this morning. Um, you know, we are in a series right now about what it means for us to be a church. And for the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been just talking about how as the church, we look to Christ as supreme. We look to, men, look to him as our head and our Lord and Savior. And just last week, we talked about how we as a church, even though we are many in number, different, we are called to as one body. And so today, we're, we wanted to talk about what it means for us as a church. What does it look like for us as a church to come together and to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus and so, uh, before I start, um, I would like to just open us up in a word of prayer, just for, uh, to ask God for his guidance, that we may just listen to his word this morning. Father, we just want to thank you so much for gathering us all here. God, it's such a joy to come together as a community, as a family, and as a body. And God, we recognize that, Lord, you are Lord. And we look to you always. And so I just pray that as we listen to your word, may we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that will be open to receive and know you. And so we thank you so much. We love you. And pray this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Uh, Just want to share a little story. Uh, For me, growing up, I grew up in a very Korean-American church. the church I was going to at the time was considered actually a mega church. And so you can imagine how many people are at this church. So I grew up at this church since I was from sixth grade until uh, I graduated college. So it's, it's been a while. And um, I remember growing up at our church that we had so many benefits and worship events. We had a great praise band. We had all these events going on. And it was just such a joy to be at our church Kind of fast forward us, uh, as I was a sophomore in college, we had an opportunity to go uh, to the inner city of Fresno uh, for a summer mission trip. And basically our ministry would consist of us hosting ministry events where we reach out to the children, the teenagers, and the adults living in the inner city. And if you have never been to Fresno, especially downtown Fresno, it is, it is very ghetto. Like it's like, it's called the streets, it's called the hood for a reason. And so we're trying to reach out to a lot of, like, families who are kind of living in low-income homes or kind of have, who are living on the streets. Uh, we actually even try to reach out to the gangsters or the thugs, right, and share with them about Jesus. And so this is kind of what we did over in our summer ministry. And I remember particularly on a Sunday, uh, we got to visit a church plant. Uh, it was called Emmanuel's Living Church. And this church plant was a small gathering of few people. Uh, they met in actually a small room in a warehouse. And so they would have their church services there. And I remember meeting uh, the head pastor. His name was Pastor Alfredo. He was like this big, jolly, like happy dude. Every time, he, like, every time you see him, he would like try to hug you and you just kind of get lost. You don't know where you are. And one thing I remember about him was that he was always so joyful about the Lord. Like he always had a passion to worship God. 
And I remember me and a group of other students, we are visiting this church plant, and we're joining them for Sunday worship, and we're just finding our seats. And he comes up to the front and gives an announcement. He's saying, we're going to start worship now. Please prepare your hearts. And I remember just sitting in these seats kind of wondering, okay, the worship's about to start, but where's the praise team? Where, where's the instruments? Uh, there's nothing but a projector screen. Like, how are we going to prepare for worship? And so I'm asking all these questions, and I remember seeing Pastor Alfredo, after giving the announcement, walking all the way to the back, turning off the lights, and then walking to the front to his computer, and literally on the screen pull up YouTube and put up worship music, the lyric music videos of the worship that we're going to sing on Sundays. And I remember just seeing that and just being so, like, this is so odd. This is so weird. Like, I've never worshipped through YouTube before. Like, I watch videos on YouTube, but I never do worship through YouTube. And so I remember he was putting up these songs on the screen through YouTube. And in my heart, just throughout the worship service, just kind of thinking to myself, man, I cannot worship like this. This is so weird. I would never do this. My church would never do this. We had a band and everything. We had musicians. We had instruments. Like, what is this YouTube worship? And I was just kind of like thinking those thoughts throughout the whole service. And why do I share this story? Um, I remember at the end of, end of the service just feeling so disappointed in my own heart. Disappointed because I didn't get what I wanted. And I remember lifting my head up during, one, during the worship, and I just remember seeing just the congregation just clapping, raising their hands, singing with their hearts, caring less about where the music was coming from because all they wanted to do was worship Jesus. And I realized for myself I had totally missed the point. I totally missed the point of what worship was all about because I made worship about what I wanted, about me. And I share this because I think there are many times for us when we come to Sunday worship, when we gather together, it's so easy for us to, instead of worship, we start critiquing about the worship. Hey, how come we're singing this today? Why are we not using this instrument today? Why are we doing this today? I would never do this this way. And instead of worshiping God, we end up worshiping ourselves and giving what we want. And if that's what worship has become for us as a church, we have totally missed the point. We miss the heart and the understanding of what worship to God truly is. We kind of fall into this consumer-ish mentality of getting what we want and how we want it. And we fall into this trap of that. And so I have a question for us, uh, if we go to the next screen, is how are we to worship God? How does Jesus call us as a church to worship him? And so if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in John chapter 4, and we're going to be looking in verses 19 to 24. And just to give you a little summary of what's going on uh, in the context, uh, Jesus is, after long days of traveling, uh, he goes to, the, goes to a well and he speaks with a Samaritan woman who is at the well. 
And as he's having a conversation with this Samaritan woman, the Samaritan woman is actually very surprised, as if more shocked that he was speaking to her. Because back in those days, Jews never affiliated themselves with the Samaritans. And so for her, it's so shocking that a Jew would ever even talk with her. And as in, if we look in verses 19 to 20, the woman notices something very different about Jesus. She assumes that Jesus is a prophet and begins a conversation on the topic of worship. And so in, if we can look in verse 19 together, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Basically, what the woman was talking to Jesus about is that we Samaritans, we worship on this mountain, but, you know, the Jews are saying we worship in Jerusalem. Like, where is this right place of worship? Where are we supposed to worship? And Jesus simply just responds to her by saying, no, 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 no. You're concerned and focused on the wrong thing. And this is what I love about Jesus' response afterwards. Uh, he's not, Jesus is never someone who beats around the bush. I mean, we all know people who beat around the bush, right, who sugarcoat certain things. Yeah, Jesus is not like that. He goes straight at it. He goes straight to the heart of the matter. And if we look in verse 21, he says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem Will you worship the Father? You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So what is Jesus saying right now? Jesus is saying true worshipers, true worship is not about the external things and the outward things. Rather, true worship to God, we worship to him in spirit and truth. Can we all say spirit? Can we all say truth? Awesome. Very good job. A plus for you. True worship, again, is not about the external things or the outward props. It's really about our hearts. And Jesus gets right into that, our hearts. And sometimes for us, instead of focusing on our hearts, we actually focus more on the opposite. We focus more on the outside things. What music are we going to sing? Contemporary songs? Nah, it's too loud. Hymns? Boring, right? We say these things. What instrument are we using? Are we using the guitar? Are we using the organ? How well is the pastor going to speak? How is this and this going to go? We worry sometimes about the external. But Jesus responds the same way to us, is where is our hearts? Where is your heart? Having those things are not the main focus. True worship is not about what we get and what we want. True worship is simply about Jesus and worshiping him in spirit and truth. And That's what worship is all about, just praising Jesus. And sometimes the sad thing is we make worship, we're so busy about making worship about ourselves that we miss out on 
really enjoying the presence of our Lord. That we're so busy about what we want that we miss out on seeing how good our God is. And I'm not saying we cannot have preferences. We all have preferences. It's okay to have preferences. But if your preferences, if our preferences are the sole and the main factor and focus of worship, then we have totally missed the point. And so another question I want to ask is, what does Jesus mean to worship in spirit and truth? Uh, Pastor John Piper, for worship, to, for, for worship in spirit, Pastor John Piper writes, True worship comes only from spirits made alive and sensitive by the quickening of the spirit of God. Basically, for us to worship in spirit is basically saying God's spirit energizes and ignites our spirit. It ignites our passion and our joy for him. That's what it means to worship in spirit. What does it mean to worship in truth? Simply to respond to the true views and understanding of God. That when we praise him, that we, we are praising and knowing and understanding who our God truly is. And because of that, it sparks joy, passion to give praise to him. Um, many of us know uh, this past January, we had a youth winter retreat. And for me, it was one of the, one of the greatest blessings as a pastor, uh, just being able to witness just a huge room of young people uh, worshiping God and giving uh, praise to him. And following the retreat, we had a time of debrief where we just got to ask the question to certain students, like, hey, what were one of the highlights of the, worship, uh, the retreat? What is something that you learned at this retreat? And one of the main things that most of the students shared was the worship. And I, I remember one of the students sharing how the worship was great, but not because of the music itself. The student was sharing that I think for me, when I was in the worship service, I didn't pay attention to how the music was sounding. Rather, I was actually reading the lyrics, and I never really read the lyrics but I started reading the lyrics and I started to gain understanding of who God really was. And that really sparked a joy in me to worship him more. And I remember hearing that from the student. I was like, wow, that is such an encouragement and such a blessing to hear. And that's how we are ought to worship. That when we see how good and who our God is, it should spark that joy in us to worship him. Unless we have the knowledge of God we worship, there can be no worship in truth. And here's the thing. We can't have one or the other. We, if we were to worship God with spirit but without truth, our worship would pretty much just become very shallow. It would become just more of an ex emotional experience, like an emotional high. Have you guys ever felt those? Uh, emotional high you're so excited everything's like oh yeah gung-ho and then when the emotions fade away you're like what the heck just happened and as soon as the emotions are gone we get discouraged and it's because we grounded ourselves not in the truth rather we grounded ourselves in just our feelings and we become jaded and discouraged and even sometimes feel like you know I don't want to do anything with God anymore I just don't want to talk about God anymore and at the same time, we, try to, we can't worship with truth without spirit. Because if that were to happen, our worship would just be dry, passionless. We just go through the motions of worship. 
And the truth of God should stir in us a heart for him. And as the church, I believe this is how we are supposed to worship God, that our affection for God comes from his uh, truth. Uh, I kind of want to share this uh, last story. Um, many of us are familiar with uh, the worship artist Matt Redman. Uh, he, uh, he led a couple songs that we're familiar with, like 10,000 Reasons. And the song we actually just sang today together, The Heart of Worship. And Matt Redman in an interview was asked, what was the inspiration and what was the story behind the song Heart of Worship? What inspired you to write this song? And Matt Redman was sharing how back in his old church, back in England, uh, it was a church just full of teenagers and young 20-year-olds. And, he re- and his head pastor kind of realized how there was such a dynamic missing in his church that their worship was spiritually flat people were just going through the motions and worship just didn't seem from the heart and so this pastor seeing what was going on in the church took a very bold step and he removed all the sound systems all the instruments all the bands and he basically told the church we are going to gather together and just sing a cappella for a whole season of the, of the year. And you can kind of imagine how awkward that must have been. If I were to ask us to come and sing a cappella for a season, uh, yeah, people will not be happy. But he did this, and he gathered the people together to sing a cappella just with their voices and with their Bibles. And the pastor's reason was because they as a church had lost their way of worship. And the way to get back to the heart of worship was to strip everything away, the external, the things that are outward. And he challenged the church to refocus on what worship was really all about, to not lean on the instruments or the music, but to engage God with their hearts, to come as worshipers, not as concert goers or consumers. And Matt Redman was kind of sharing how this was a great moment for him and the church where they just got to refocus that worship is all about Jesus. And he writes in a song describing what happened and says, when the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I bring you more than a song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And to close, I just kind of want to give us as a challenge as a church. May we challenge ourselves as the church as we gather together to really strive for that heart of worship. To really check our own hearts and to not focus worship on the outward external things and the things that we want, but to focus worshiping Jesus together in spirit and in truth. Simply worshiping him for who he is and what he has done and is still doing to this day. And so a couple things I just kind of, I wanted to, I want to leave us with is I just want to challenge us in our daily lives just to get alone with the word of God. And we have a great opportunity here, a great time here on Wednesday mornings where a lot of us gather to simply just dive deep into God's word. And 
I say this because our understanding of God and in His Word will grow our love for Him more and more. See, we can't love something if we don't know it. That's the basic facts. And if we say we love God, how can we love God if we do not know Him in His Word? And I just want to challenge us in our lives just to get into the Word of God. May we find our foundation, our firmness in God's Word. And the more we love Him in His Word, the deeper our worship becomes. And the deeper our worship, the more glorified that He is. Uh, Secondly, I just want to make a small plug for life groups. Uh, As Pastor Jason mentioned, we have just started life groups. And simply, life group is this. We run this race together. No one runs this race alone. God doesn't call us to be separate, but God calls us to be one. And so as a life group, we are striving, we are running this race to seek God more and more and to really share more of him into this world. And so just want to make a small plug for life groups. Please join. Be part of a community. Let us run this race together. And as I close, I just pray that CPCLM, our church, we will be a body that will really come to worship Jesus in spirit and truth, really giving praise to him for who he truly is. Uh, Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you so much Jesus, we come here as, our, as ourselves, and God, many times we can bring in different things that get in the way of seeing who you really are. And I just pray as we gather as your body, as your family, as this community, that we would simply seek you. God, we would simply love you and know you and worship you for who you really are. May we continue in this new year to be a church that will worship you in spirit and in truth. And so, God, may you be glorified, and we praise you, we love you. And we pray this all in your son's precious name. Amen.